they called me and said, Hey, you got drafted. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks are going to the to Missoula, Montana, and you're going to first base. And I was like, Uh, you got a first baseman's glove? Because I don't. <laughs> Howdy and welcome back to the Pioneer League Podcast. I'm your host, David Grapp. It's another awesome episode today. I hope you guys enjoyed the last one with former Ogden Raptor and five-year MLB vet Sean Tolleson. And this one picks up right where it left off. We've got another Pioneer League legend. Legend on today's episode. Mr. Osprey himself. If you're a Missoula baseball fan, Lyle Overbay, he hit 343, drove in 101 runs, led the Osprey to their first championship in their very first season in the Pioneer League after a long hiatus. He was the Pioneer League MVP. He was also the first short season player to tally 100 RBIs in a season. And after that season, he was picked as the short season player of the year by Baseball America. And this was all as an 18th round pick out of the University of Nevada. Basically, he was kind of an afterthought. They brought him there to fill out the roster in Missoula. And it turns out he was the best player on the team. Overbay went on to have a 14 year career in Major League Baseball. He was a doubles machine in my memory that's what i remember him as he had a stretch from 2004 to 2009 where he had 53 34 46 30 32 35 and then in 2010 37 doubles this guy hit the ball in the gaps he was an absolute terror at times for opposing pitchers he was a very good hitter He played mostly with the Brewers and the Blue Jays, also a few scattered years with the Arizona Diamondbacks and some other teams. So he had a fantastic 14-year major league career. We talked all about that. We talked extensively about his connection in Missoula. He remembers it fondly. He knows that he is Mr. Osprey. He's aware of that. So I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy this interview with Mr. Osprey, Lyle Overbay. All right, I am very excited now, super excited actually, to be talking with a 14-year Major League veteran and a former member of the Missoula Osprey, actually Mr. Osprey himself, Lyle Overbay. Lyle, how are you doing today? Uh, doing as good as we can. I can't complain one bit though. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, I'm just going to dive right in. I know you grew up in Washington State. So when did you first start playing baseball? Oh, man, I was uh, was as young as I could remember. I mean, my grandma, I spent a lot of time with my grandma um, during the day when I was, you know, before school started. So, or before I was old enough to go to school anyway, and and, uh, my mom was working and going to school and um, along with my dad. So I, uh, I mean, two years old, I remember she, I would, I would hit it, she would throw me balls and I'd go get them. And, 
I mean, the, the, the rest is history. I, I just, uh, I always tell everybody, uh, this is the one sport that, that I, I, I could do all day. You know, football I love, um, basketball I love, but baseball I could, I could take ground balls all day. I could hit all day. I could, you know, I mean, it was just one of those things where, um, that, that I was, uh, it just, it was a true love. <laughs> That's fair. I'm sure you're probably pretty dangerous on the basketball court as a lefty. Uh, well, I, I just, uh, I was, I feel, you just, I guess it's more just uh, being able to shoot. So <laughs> that was about the only thing I could do play a little <laughs> defense and shoot. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, you were good enough in baseball to, after high school, move on to the University of Nevada. And then you were drafted in the 18th round in 1999. What was that moment like when you first got drafted? It was uh, it was kind of uh, a relief, I guess, more than anything, because I, I I thought I had a chance to get drafted my junior year. It didn't happen, and then it's like, okay, man, I'm a I'm a senior. Uh, I'm a year older. I mean, you know how these uh, sometimes they um, they they don't take. Uh, older guys, they would rather take a younger guy and see if they can develop them. So, um, uh, and I, I think this kind of what we'll get into is, uh, I mean, I was basically a filler for um, for those first first rounders and first couple rounds. You know, those first five round type guys. Um, that's that's basically what I was. I, they needed a first baseman. Um, I didn't play first base. I never played first base until I got drafted. Um, so those are things that I, you know, I, I didn't realize it, um, at the time. I was just happy that, that I got a chance to, um, to play and, and go to the next level. So, I mean, that's, that's where you, you just look for that opportunity and that chance. And then, and then it's like, okay, there it is. Now, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. I read that when you got drafted, you didn't even have a first baseman's mitt. So <laughs> you asked them if there was one that you could borrow. Yeah, they uh, they they called me and said, "Hey, you got drafted. Um, Arizona Diamondbacks are going to the to Missoula, Montana, and you're going to first base." And I was like, "Uh, you got a first baseman's glove because I don't." <laughs> so um, they, I think they, um, you know, are um, the the scout that um, drafted and, or kind of made a case for me was like, "Hey, this kid can hit, and um, you know, maybe he can. I mean, he's got options where he could play outfield." With, Throw at first base and teach them, and 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 those are the types of things too. Is where I'm. I was very fortunate um, to have one of the better um, infield um, guys in the organization to to teach me first base because I didn't know what I was doing. And and if you're not a good first baseman, you're. I mean, you, you better hit real well. So it's uh, yeah. Um, but you know, nowadays these it's it's getting to the point where no it's like no you need to play both ends of the of the baseball um field or you're going to be a dh so uh you, you see all the all the uh the the championship they, they have good first basemen um and they do the little things so that's um i i was i was very fortunate to have a, a very good coach to to kind of take me to the to the level i needed to be well, you're learning first base when you, or you learn that you need to learn first base before you even get there. Did you realize that it was the first year that Missoula actually had a baseball team there in 
Yeah, so I knew that they played um, in, his, I think it was Lethbridge um, the year before, because um, I knew, you know, Arizona was an expansion team and, and they were kind of getting their organization, their minor, you know, their minor league system together. And um, I think they just were kind of temporarily there and until they found a, a home. And, and, and I think uh, I, they, they hit it. They hit it right on with Missoula because I think Missoula really needed it, and they're very supportive, and it's a great place to play in the summer too. <laughs> what was your first impression of Missoula? I, it was a lot like uh, you know hometown. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a bigger community, and I know that it was it's a university as well. There's, um, but uh, it's it's very uh, there. It, it's a small town feel where you're um, they they just they're they're very prideful on on. Um, what everyone, I guess not everyone thinks about them, but it's, it's, uh, they take pride in, in what they do. And, and even, even the people, they welcome you in and they're just, they're just happy that, um, to, to be a part of it. So, uh, cause they, you know, they're not a, they're not the fans that are going to, you know, boo you and, and, and do that. They're just, they're excited and they have fun. And uh, I mean, I, I had never had, you know, a minor league team, so I didn't know what, I don't think I ever went to a minor game except for the Tacoma Rainiers in AAA. And, but the, the short season, a ball, I mean, they have fun. They have some games in between the innings and, and, um, it, it, it just, uh, the overall experience the fan gets, it's, um, you know, besides just the game, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it was fun. I always, I was, you know, some of the games that they were playing, I mean, between innings, I'm, I'm watching them, so uh, it was it, as being a fan of of those. So it was pretty it was pretty cool experience the first year, just not knowing what uh, what to expect, and and uh, the expectations were a lot more than than what I expected. So, did you have a host family while you were there? Yeah. So, kind of a long story short, my my dad's um, buddy that he worked with um, back in the day, and and the uh, they worked at a a lumber company. Well, the, that lumber company um, shut down, so they kind of had to go separate ways. And and my um, my dad's friend moved to Missoula, and he's like, "Hey, we got a team." And he knew that I got drafted, and he's like, "If he needs a place to stay, more than welcome." They had a whole basement, and and all their kids had been um, grown up and out of the house. So like, "Hey, if he needs it," so um, it, it was that was probably probably the best blessing. Um, of it all just because I, I just, I mean, you don't, you just don't know what you're getting into the first year. I mean, obviously uh, after the first year, you kind of get a grasp of what you need to do and all that. And, um, but that was, that was uh, a blessing because they, 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 they spoiled me, I guess, <laughs> for lack of better words. <laughs> well, it worked for you because while you were on the field in Missoula, you were absolutely raked. Do you remember anything about, you know, changing your mindset or was there something that you think you unlocked in terms of just, I mean, there's not really a better word than you raked. <laughs> well, I think, um, cause leading up to, to this point, I had never, uh, consistently or even played a game. I think I played three games in college, um, with a wood bat. So I had never hit with a wood bat. And I mean, if you, and, and I think a lot of these uh, people that play baseball know that hitting with a wood bat, your, your, um, your sweet spot is a lot smaller than, um, than, than the, the aluminum. So you, you don't get these cheap hits. And, 
when I, my, I think that was like the first probably week um, uh, of games. I mean, we kind of practiced for like, I think four or five days before we did. And then, and then the games come in and, and, and I just, I remember, and I don't remember exactly at bat or whatever, but I know that one of those at bats, I was like, okay, I've just got to swing hard and, and just, and be aggressive with this and don't, you know, cause it was, it was playing a little, you know, a little head game, I guess, more than anything for me. Cause, cause I was, I was so used to this aluminum bat with, with a big old barrel and, and the sweet spot being huge. And, and, uh, so then it was just kind of, I think it locked me in and kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go after this, this part of it and, and just do the best I can with that and not worry about the results. And, and, and I think that's, um, it, it was a turning point for me because I started, I started hitting, I started getting confident with that wood bat. And, and then you start realizing it's like, oh, well, you don't, um, you can do it just as good with a wood bat as you can with aluminum. So um, it was just that, that factor that I needed to kind of switch and, and go. And once I did, it was, uh, it was a big help. Yeah. Some of your numbers from that first year, you had 101 RBIs in only 75 games, 12 homers, 25 doubles, and over a thousand OPS. Do you remember any of those hits or RBIs in particular that you were just like, wow, that was incredible. The, the one, the one thing that I remember the, probably the most was, um, the month of July, I think I had, um, close to like 50, some RBIs, 53 RBIs, um, that, that month. And within that month, within a week, I had, I think I had two grand slams. And then, I mean, I think I had over the, the course of the week, um, and it might've been even two weeks, but I think over the week I had like 20 RBIs and it was just those, the, that streak that I had was just, I, it was, it, I just come up at the right time. I mean, if I, it, if I had a, if I hit a double, it usually there was at least a guy on first. So, you know, and he scores, I mean, it, it, a lot of it had to do with a lot of the, my teammates getting on base for me as far as driving runs in. Um, but I, I do remember, um, cause they, you know, no one has ever driven in a hundred runs, uh, in a short season. And I was stuck on, I was stuck on 98, and, and I think I was tied with, um, with, uh, Jay Gibbons. Cause I think he did it the year before, uh, he drove in 98 and I was stuck on that for like a week and a half. Um, and, and I had REI situations all, I mean, all the time during that week and a half. And it was, it was playing, uh, mind games with me. And, and, uh, I think the second to the last game, I ended up hitting a two run Homer, um, to kind of go to a hundred, and, and then that was kind of like, I was like, okay, good. I can be done with this. But it was, it, it, it was playing, I, I, it was in the back of my mind and I was trying too hard and, and it just, it was a good learning experience for me because I, 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 you get caught up in those types of things and, and, and you see it in the big leagues too when guys are hitting, I mean, like uh, guys are on milestone home runs or, or milestone hits or whatever. It might, some guys just do it right away or it, some guys it takes, takes a week or two because you are thinking about it and and you're and you end up trying too hard and and trying to make it happen instead of letting it happen you were an 18th round pick so it's not totally expected that you're going to light the world on fire do you remember thinking like this is crazy or anybody talking to you about wow we we knew you were good but we didn't know you were this good um i honestly i didn't think i i didn't 
know that either. I, I just, um, I, I felt like I had, um, really good coaching. I mean, I look at even just, just, I mean, that, that year and, and then the next years after that, I mean, uh, throughout my hitting career or my minor league career, I had big league hitting coaches that are, are, are in the big leagues now. I mean, they were, they were obviously getting, um, a point, you know, like I was, but I, I, I mean, I just, I'm like, these guys have made careers out of being league hitting coaches. So they knew what they were talking about and they helped me. I mean, that was, I think that was a big part of, cause I see sometimes where, where guys just, they don't click with their coach. And, and I felt like I clicked with, with all my hitting coaches. I mean, my first, my double A year, I, I, when I got called up, I, I, Ty Van Berkeley, he was a lefty and I could just, he kind of took a one swing or whatever. And I, I, uh, I, I could emulate it and, and just mimic what he was doing. And it, it locked me in and, and just, just those little things that, so I, 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 to be honest, I didn't know how, how good everyone else was. And, uh, so I, I didn't know where I would be. I didn't know where I would stack up and, and, but part of that is like, I couldn't take care. I couldn't control that. So I wanted to kind of control my experience. I was having fun. I was learning. Um, I was getting to play, you know, <laughs> a game for, and, and at the, at that point it wasn't the highest level, but it was, it was a, a step in the right direction. You know I mean? When you go to, from college to the pros, I mean, that's, that makes you more elite. So um, I just wanted to just kind of take that all in and enjoy it. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything else. It was, it was uh, when I was two years old or as long as I could remember, I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to, I always tell everybody I was uh, like, when do you want to grow up? You want to be a baseball player? What do you want to do? Well, I want to break Hank Aaron's uh, home run record. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize I was not a home run hitter, but Hey, I that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I think every kid has that dream, but um, to be able to live it, uh, was, was pretty special. Yeah. I'm sure it was a lot of fun that first season when you're hitting like that. Was there anything that you did that you remembered when you, when you weren't playing baseball, what did you do while you were in Missoula? Um, I, so that, that was part of it too. Is um, when, I went to college, so we played, you know, 50, 60 games during the season and you play summer ball. So, I mean, but that first week I of playing every day, I was like, Whoa, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, I was getting tired. I was like, oh. but, but I, I think my mind was telling me I was getting tired, but I wasn't, I was just, I wasn't used to the, the schedule and the, and the grind. But for the most part, uh, we didn't have much time to do much. I think we only had three days off um, in those 76 games. Um, so I, uh, I, I kind of would, would just kind of relax. And I mean, cause we're getting to the ballpark at one o'clock for a seven o'clock game. Um, cause in the minor leagues, we have a lot of early work and extra work and cause they want to get you prepared. So, um, so we didn't have a whole lot of time to do a lot. Uh, so the, those off days, I, I think I just stayed in, stayed in my room and watched movies. <laughs> After that year. You talked about you were the first player to ever reach 100 RBIs in a short season. Then you won the league's MVP. You were Baseball America's short season player of the year. What was that first off season like for you? Well, I kind of put. Uh, I, I think it. I think it put put myself on the map. I mean, because like 
at the beginning, I, I was just a, a fit to to fill a team. So the first round, the second round, or even you know the first couple rounds, uh, guys would have a team around them to play. So I, you know, those guys, honestly, those guys are not there to um, to make it to the big leagues. They're there to help that those those first rounders or those top ten rounds um, get to the big leagues, and unless you go out and show them. So that was, that was a big thing for me. Cause it, uh, as far as confidence and even showing that it's like, Oh, maybe he, maybe he is um, able to do that. Maybe he will be a, a big leaguer kind of that caliber player. So um, I think that's, and, and getting, so after that season, they, they, um, they have, and they, they might do it different now, but cause I think they do it before spring training, but back then they would do instruction and it's called instructional league. And, and they would send, you know, your top 30 uh, players from your organization and they would go to the spring training facility in October and, and do some um, just more skill work and you get to work with the coaches more. So getting the opportunity to do that, I was like, oh, that, well, this is a big deal because you, you don't you don't get that unless you're in their in their mind that they think you can you can progress. So those were um, those were kind of stepping stones for me as far as being like, okay, this is I, I can do this, and and I think they know that um, I have an opportunity to do that as well. So you did progress, and you cracked the big leagues, and at first in 2001 with the Arizona Diamondbacks. You were on the postseason roster that year. What do you remember about that team, and what do you think made them so special? I, well, Brandy John, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> that, they, yeah, the, they'll they, make uh, any team they, really special. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just feel like they they had um, they just they clicked. I think. I mean, it was just they they had the. the little bit. I mean, you know, Tony Womack is a leadoff hitter, and, and um, I mean, you have Luis Gonzalez, a home run guy. I mean, it's um, they just, they had a lot of um, little things that they did right, and then they, they just kind of came together as a team and, and made it work. I mean, it was, it was pretty fun to watch. I mean, pretty fun to, uh, and, and be a part of it, too. That was, uh, like I said, first, first call-up, and that was uh, pretty cool. So you played 14 years in Major League Baseball, and I remember your career vividly as kind of like an automatic double, whether it was going to be a double or a double play. I'm just kidding. What What was your mindset? What was your mindset when you were at the plate? My, as you learn, I mean, it's it's. I think getting getting the best pitch to hit. I mean, I guess not the best pitch to hit, but it. Um, I. I tried to do all my homework before the game. I mean, for, we, we have video, we have, um, scouting reports, what they do, what they throw, um, going in the minor leagues, we didn't have that video. We didn't have all that. So I wrote a book. I had a book on every pitcher that I faced because I, you know, video shows one thing, but it might not be what you, what you see. So, um, and, and just being able to remember what I saw then and as being able to go back and look at what I wrote down. It's like sometimes, you know, I mean, like, for example, if Josh Beckett had his changeup and he was throwing it down to his own, uh, it was going to be a long day for us or a long day for me because he, you couldn't, um, his changeup was so good that it, it looked like his fastball. So you couldn't, but if it was up in the zone, you could, you could see it and you could hit it and it was a better, but 
those are the types of things that I want to write down. So I'm like, okay, this is so, so the first at bat I'm, I'm seeing if this change up is, is, is what it is. And then, and then, then I'm going to have to uh, adjust the game plan and, and go from there. So it was just kind of, I think the biggest thing is just getting to know what you want to do at the plate. And in some situations, uh, um, might change too. I mean, you go up and, and you got a guy on second, nobody out with a really hot hitter uh, coming up to the plate. It's like, okay, I need to get this guy over and get him to third base. So you're, you're just trying to just hook something and get him over um, and sacrifice yourself. I mean, um, so, so it just kind of dictates um, per at bat and, and what you're trying to do. But for the most part, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I was, still going to my strengths. I mean, my strengths were um, hitting the ball the opposite field or in the gaps. And, and to do that, I, I was a, I felt like I was a low ball uh, hitter uh, down and away type stuff. So um, if I saw something away, I was, I was going to be attacking that. Um, so, but once you start doing that and everybody knows that you can do that, then they start busting you in. So now you have to make those adjustments. You got to get, or, or you're going to get sit down to the minor leagues. <laughs> so um, that, that was, those were big things that, uh, and, and opportunities that when you get to play every day, you, you, you're able to make those adjustments a lot quicker. What are you most proud of from your time in baseball? I, I think the, probably, um, I feel like the era that I played, we, we, um, I think we saw a lot of, I, I got to be a part of a lot of things that, uh, a lot of, um, not necessarily records, but just a lot of um, milestones that um, that weren't happening ever. Um, you know, I mean, I, I got to play with Mariano Rivera. Um, I was on the field when he threw his last pitch. I mean, that's he's a hundred percent vote on the you know the Hall of Fame. So um, and the first person to do that. Um, so I, I just those those little things like that that. Uh, I just I got to play with some of these. I mean, like Randy Johnson. I mean, I got to play his teammates at some of these really good pitchers. I mean, Roy Halladay, we saw his, his story on the E60. I mean, I, I just, he is, he is one of the greatest pitchers, greatest hard workers. And, and, and a lot of guys never got to see that. And I got to see it. So I just, um, I felt like those are, those are kind of the cool things that I got to be a part of. Yeah, those are pretty cool. They sound very cool. I'll wrap it up here. You've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much. What are you up to now? Well, I, I've got six kids, so um, I, I I dive into them a lot. But I've um, I, I coach. I coach. Um, I, I coach my. I've got an eleven-year-old uh, boy, and I've got a a fifteen-year-old boy, and I so I coach their um, their kind of baseball teams, and then. Um, this past year, which um, ended up getting canceling, uh, canceling or canceled because of the the pandemic, but uh, I I was the I'm the kind of the the high school uh, head coach that uh, our kids go to high school to uh, for so um, so now I'm the head coach there and um, kind of in charge of that program so uh, that's that's kind of what I do but um, there's uh, I I also spend some me and a business partner when I got out of baseball we have a it's called the Northwest Sports Hub and uh, it's down in Centralia where I grew up um, and it's a it's a seventy five thousand square foot building um, that can host uh, we've got eight basketball courts we've got fifteen volleyball courts so it's we can host a bunch of different um, 
tournaments in there. And, and, and that's kind of what we do because Centralia is known as, as outlet stores, restaurants and hotels. So, um, we, we kind of had an opportunity to, to be a part of that and help, um, keep the community growing. And, and, uh, so that's, I'm in kind of in charge of that a little bit with, with my other part of my business partner. So, um, that, that, uh, take some time during the day when, when the kids are at school and, and then I go and do their, their thing after school. Well, that sounds very cool. And baseball seems to have consumed you since you were two years old. You haven't let go. That's awesome. Lyle Overbay, 14 year major league veteran, actually Mr. Osprey himself. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, absolutely. You bet. Anytime. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Mr. Osprey, Lyle Overbay himself. That was a fantastic late addition. I really appreciate Alex Madoff at the Major League Baseball Players Association for helping set that up. And I appreciate Overbay himself for getting back to me. It was late, but it was still worthwhile. And he brought it. It was a fantastic interview, and I really appreciate him for spending so much time with me talking about his Major League Baseball career, his minor league baseball career, and what he's up to nowadays. It was pretty cool to learn all the things that he's up to in his hometown of Centralia, Washington. So I really hope you guys loved that. I certainly did, and I was really happy to squeeze that one in there. He was actually not originally supposed to be in the first season, And then he emailed me and said, let's do this thing. So I was happy to get him in there. I hope you guys are looking forward to the next episode on Tuesday, July 14. It is our first media member episode, Alex Cohen. He spent the 2015 summer as the Idaho Falls Chuckers play-by-play announcer. And he's currently the play-by-play announcer for the Iowa Cubs at AAA Minor League Baseball. He has had an incredible journey through baseball, through minor league baseball, through all over the globe, actually. His baseball calling gig has had him travel all over the globe. So we talked about that. We talked to him about all of those things. But we really focused on his summer in Idaho Falls, After what some people would be like, what? He was calling baseball games in Australia. So we talked about that move from Australia to Idaho Falls and what that was like and what he's up to now with the Iowa Cubs. So really excited for you guys to listen to that interview on July 14th, next Tuesday. And then also next week on Thursday, July 16th, Greg Morrison, who won the Pioneer League Triple Crown in 1997 with the Medicine Hat Blue Jays. So we'll talk to him and Alex Cohen next week. Looking forward to you guys listening to those episodes. Please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all of the support. So I'm very thankful for that, as well as the people who have donated a few shekels. I know it's tough out there, but I really, really Really appreciate it. Beer money never hurt anybody. (laughs) Want to say thank you once again to Alex Madoff at the MLBPA for getting me in touch with Lyle and to Lyle for getting back to me and spending so much time and talking about that. It was a real treat. 
Finally, a shout out to Turnt Kenny on the music. Really appreciate him as always. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.